What's up guys, welcome to another episode of Taking It Run I know it's been a minute, had to take a little hiatus because of everything that's going on I mean, everybody's trying to catch up now But this is episode 11, we're still here This is a remote podcast, you know, keeping with the social distancing, everything like that But I hope you guys enjoy it We talk about everything that's going on in the world today With the coronavirus, with sports and how it's affecting our day to day And then we dive with more of a Q&A talking about our past and what makes us the person we are today and how things could be different pretty much so hope you enjoy it like i said it's been a while but we're gonna keep them going if you have any questions hit me up on instagram let's take it and run guys yeah if i see a whole bunch of people just walking around i'm like nah i i got questions well but at the same time cops ain't stopping nobody either Unless it's like life or death matters. Yeah, and that's the that's the crazy part about it. Cops aren't they ain't gonna do nothing different. They gotta work too. They're saying essential employees are out there. Essential employees in the end tends to be a lot more people than people think. Everybody's mm-hmm. everybody's like essential. Oh, that only means a few select amount. I'm like, no, that's still a majority of people have to be at work. Like, right. like you, you got cops, firefighters, um, EMTs, manufacturing, like all that stuff is essential. And then you include, you know, people that work at shopping centers, things like that. I mean, it, it's crazy when you come to think about it, the, the amount of now essential workers, and not only that, essential workers that also are working minimum wage. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got people at Dunkin' Donuts. They consider Dunkin' Donuts essential because it's food service. Exactly. Dunkin' Donuts, you're making minimum wage to deal with madness. Facts. Bro, you go anywhere, and you know, all those places that are used to having people like fill up so that they could sit down, chill, and eat. Like, I've walked past a lot of them, and, like, yo, you can tell how freaked out people are because, like, you'll be standing in line to order food. They're like, no, 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 back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Like, if I'm here, literally keep that six-foot space. <laughs> you go stand over there. I'm going to stand over here. Like, people forming triangles and squares around the room because ain't nobody trying to be near no one. And I get it. Like, you know, you don't want to undermine it because if you undermine it and it gets worse, you're a part of the problem. Yeah. And 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 that's the thing. They're still like, you know, there's no such thing as patient zero. They don't know where it first started. So you don't know who has it from whoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just got an email today from my gym. My gym was like, hey, uh, one of our trainers was just tested positive for um, the coronavirus. And they trained at Fairfield, Hamden, and like Orange, which between there is like 30 miles difference. So you're saying they trained at three different places, probably were around at least a good 300 to 400 people. Mm-hmm. It's like you, and they're not going to release names out of privacy, but to be honest, at some point, and this is the one thing I can't stand about it, you kind of should release names so we know what we're dealing with. I mean, I understand the privacy aspect for the simple fact that, you know, it's their personal issue. 
but um, what if I dealt with that trainer and I don't know? You know what I mean? It's, you know, mind you, I never, I only dealt with one trainer my entire time there, but who knows, they could have, you know, been working out on the same bench I ended up working out on at some point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's simple stuff like that that's kind of like, you know, you got to keep your distance now. You don't know who has what. I could have been in a class with somebody who was in a class with them. And it's just, you know, passed down like it's like hereditary, if for lack of a better term. It's just passed along. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's like you said, if there's nothing you can do about what other people do. You can only control what you do. So as long as you making sure that you being smart whenever you do anything, you should be all right. Like, if you know you about to leave the crib, all right, cool. Go out, do whatever you got to do. If you sitting on a whole bunch of stuff that you know for a fact ain't never been disinfected and is probably going to get you sick, don't put it on your bed. Yeah. Or, like, you know, just literally, if you know you're working in different environments where you know you're surrounded by people, don't even bring it in the crib. And and if you do, bag it up, put it to the side, leave that for something totally different. Because the minute you start spreading that around your house, you'll never find it again. It'll just be everywhere. Yeah. But the funny thing about this whole, like, situation, I guess, is now you see how, I guess, lazy some business practices are to save the bottom line. When I went to the gym, like, a week before they shut it down, the amount of, okay, we're going to wipe this down, wash this. I'm like, you guys couldn't do this from day one? The amount of Clorox wipes that happened to be just sitting around, that Lysol spray, after the class I took, it was like, they played the cleanup song and we cleaned up the entire room. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, hey, because it it's cheaper to not do that to save the bottom line because they're like Clorox wipes add up, man. Those Lysol sprays add up. But now that there's a global pandemic, they're like, well, guess we got to do it now to stay clean. I'm like, imagine if you did that from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like if you could just spare a little a couple extra dollars to say, hey, you know, we're going to stay clean from the jump. Who knows what happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, all, all you can do at the end of the day is take care of yourself. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you sanitize. Make sure you keep clean stuff. And that's just from, like, regular interactions. Like, even taking in the mail, just wash your hands when you get the mail in the crib. You never know what someone else was touching. Yo, too. I I have a letter in my hand right now, and I'm just like, I had to wash my hands like five times before I even touched the letter. And after I touched it, wash my hands again. Just like right. I don't know who, t- who touching what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like exactly. Like I. <laughs> this is gonna sound evil, and I mean, like I said, podcast. I say what I want, but my exactly. ex. My ex-girlfriend, Mariah, is a male woman now. And I'm just like, dang. She's hmm. a male woman now? 
Yeah, she's a male woman. She be oh male woman. I thought you meant like she's a male woman. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? No, <laughs> a post woman. Oh man, I was scared for a second. I was like, oh wait a minute. <laughs> I I said that wrong. I, that's on me. But she's like a post woman, so she out here handling mail and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Low key. I mean, if she happens to pass it to her new man's. He, he deserved it. He he did me dirty. I got played. So, I mean, if he has it, more power to you. You got to deal with that. But I'm like, yo. And that's the thing. I'm concerned about um, because another thing that's essential, being a male woman, male man, that's essential. Oh, what's up, Corey? Nothing. Just out here being essential. <laughs> being essential. That's what you got to be. But like, but like I was saying to Trey, you got male woman, male man, post woman, and male man that have to be essential. And they're touching all our male. Who knows who has what anymore? And it's kind of crazy. Yep. And I mean, like I said, we're we doing this podcast, a remote podcast, because this is the epitome of social distancing that you can have on the face of the planet. I mean... You could podcast. You got Trey in New York, me in Connecticut, Corey in Charlotte. It's like you you can't beat that distance. <laughs> Big fan. You know, I, I find it interesting the timing of this, and I don't want to put on my my conspiracy bag, but to really think about I mean, myself being in a tech field, um, Mike being in the field heavily run by tech. Um, You've been working from home, right? Um, right, Mike? Oh, yeah. And then you got Trey, um, a tradesman. And it, it's, I, I can only think of, like, this is probably like, the first time in, a, in history where there's so many, there's a lot of people who are involved or are um, affected by this. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of people who are able to do their work from home a lot of people who are able to, like, the entire economy didn't start really crashing until they were just like, okay, don't leave your house. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was cool enough to be in, be in a building with 400 people at my job, but then it was just like, yeah, and don't leave unless you have to. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, Corey, you posted something on, is this dude eating, like, Rice Krispie treats or something? <laughs> oh, y'all can hear me? That's dang, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> like, gosh, man. I keep, I keep it down. <laughs> but <I'm> going in. <laughs> my boy is munching. He's like, yo, I'm, hey, bro. I'm eating my entire, like, stash right now. I, I put my jailhouse quarantine workout in earlier, and I'm a little hungrier than I expected. Understandable, understandable. I think we all have a jailhouse routine now because of this push-up challenge. So, yeah, <laughs> dude, nah, I, man. Like, I got like a bucket of water. I bought. Well, I found like a bucket of soil that I had before that I've been doing curls with. I bought a couple <laughs> of my benches down. I've been doing step ups. I filled filled my book bag full of textbooks and my my old laptop. Like the huge clunky heavy joint is in there. I'm gonna die, but. My my boy's training like he's trying to get a D1 basketball scholarship. Thanks. You know what? After this plague, I might be able to go. <laughs> That's a fact. I got to be ready for all my options. 
Oh my gosh. Corey bro. said, yo, the Panthers finna be calling for people in a few days. <laughs> I need to be ready. True. They missing Luke. They about to get four or five. True. Nah, but it's funny because the day after my boy Tamaj flies back after going through craziness in Chile, he hits me up. I'm like, yo, I'm doing a little push-up thing. He hits me up like, bet, I got you. I'm like, dude, you just landed in Toronto like an hour ago because <laughs> like, re- relax a little bit. Nah, he said I got to get these games. This man Large. is a physical specimen. <laughs> like, yeah, I was just that's, I messaged him too. I was like, bro, you're going to give me the clap on number 10? You ain't hit 10 clap? <laughs> You're the professional athlete out of all of us. How you giving me one clap out of 10 points? Exactly. I was like, dude, you, you, you're the one that played professional ball. Like, you got to show off a little bit. You got to do that thing. Yeah, Homeboy fell face first on, on like, um, yo, that joint was dumb funny. Son. I'm like, yo, you got to clap four back with four. Mm, push. Something crazy. That's, yeah. Don't be doing stuff that make me feel like I can do it. But that's what's funny about this whole quarantine and sports being out. I have learned that NBA players are the corniest human beings on the face of the planet. <laughs> they are like outside of basketball, they are super corny cuz like CJ McCollum is a herb. <laughs> I don't know. I like his Twitter response. His Twitter responses are funny, but it's like I, I've come to learn that CJ McCollum is weird, and I could probably dunk on him. That's what I've learned about CJ McCollum. I've learned. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've learned he don't play much defense anyway. He, so he don't. I learned that Jamal Murray needs to do better stuff with his cell phone. I learned. <laughs> I learned that he. I don't know what they do in Denver, but he gotta put his phone away. There's too Damn. much, too much free bud in Denver. <laughs> like that's what I and I learned that LeBron James might be better at TikTok than everybody else. Thanks. He got like, the family. He's better at all. His he's family TikTok game that. is on point. His family TikTok is like family goals, and I hate TikTok. That's <laughs> like, a fact. I can't stand TikTok, but then I watch LeBron. I'm like, well, if LeBron could do it, maybe I could do it too. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe I could just jump in real quick. Yeah, like I'll I'll be one of your kids, LeBron. I'll be the middle child. Oh, Corey had to go real quick. <laughs> of course. Nah, but I was like, yo, I'll oh now he back. But like I'll be the middle child, you know? Just a little son. Thanks. I'm like, yo, let me be the older brother to Yeah. Uh, to little LJ real quick, little Bronny. Like, yo, what's up, Bronny, man? What's good? Man? This is like I know I ain't been home in like you know, 28 years. But... <laughs> nah, what's crazy, though, is, like, since sports kind of, like, went down, me working in the sports field, it's just been insane to see just the backgrounds and how much sports affects people on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, Mike, like, what are you doing stats for? Like, are you, like, re-verifying old stats from other games? Dude. Like, <laughs> what are you doing right now? There, and... Let me be honest. Hopefully, my job doesn't hear this. There's not much to do because, you know, there's nothing live. The only live stuff that's going on is UFC, which honestly is insane to me that UFC is still Wait, going how? on. Uh, because Dana White thinks he's better than everybody oh. else. Bro, they are fighters. Fighters don't care about diseases. Yeah, they're they're doing it with no crowd. Just. 
just the ref, the corners, and the fighters. <laughs> two cut men, no, you two forgot cut men, two, two fighters and a ref, and Dana White. That's under 10, that's under 10 <laughs> people. They good. Nah, they said, yo, we got a ref, we got these cut men, we got these fighters, and we got these hands. Come <laughs> see and that, me. And, and that's it. It's like, yo, and all that's in the crowd is Dana White and his best friend, Tom Brady. That's pretty much <laughs> it. And Tom Brady's sitting on the other side of the room because that's where Tampa Bay is. Oh, yeah, you can't get sick. That's, yeah. a, that's a new clause. That's in the contract. Oh, yeah. They, he can't Did get you sick. see that there's a lot you... of contracts that are being signed that it's like if they test positive for corona and they're physical, they get denied their signing bonus? Yeah, that was yep. something big because um, I think that might have been what happened to Joe Flacco. He got He got released after apparently failing his physical. I'll be completely honest. It's hard to fail a physical as a quarterback. Yeah. It's yep. very hard. I see Byron Leftwich play quarterback at about 250. <laughs> I saw Jamarcus Russell, who should have been a lineman, be a quarterback. It's pretty hard to fail a physical. You had that, that uh, Doug, I don't know why I can't remember his name, the chunky QB from the Giants a few oh, years ago. Oh, Jake Lorenzen. Mm-hmm. Bro, how? Yeah. How? And that's why I'm like, yo, Joe Flacco feeling physical is kind of iffy to me. But then again, he is a scrub. First now, off, if so. anybody has the face of coronavirus, it's Joe Flacco. So that might have been the <laughs> it. You're right. You got a point. But I mean, it's it's just honestly insane. There's nothing to do in sports. The NBA was having one of the best seasons that we have seen in a long time. Because there was no dominant team, in my opinion, in the NBA. Yeah, I agree. You you could say the Bucks were dominating, but they took a few losses lately, especially mm-hmm. to my team, the Miami Heat, because we the best. But, they lost um, to the Celtics. They lost to the Lakers. Yeah, but and Toronto been showing out. Toronto showing out. LBJ came back strong. He's thirty five, looking like he's twenty. First off, can we can we mm-hmm. take a quick second to think about? When he first started the the thought process of going out west, all the nasty things that people said, oh, if LeBron was in the west, he wouldn't. Oh, if LeBron was going through. This is probably the best the west has been as a whole in a very long time. In a long time. Since since probably the early 2000s when you had the Lakers, the Blazers, the Spurs, the Kings, those type of teams. Thanks. The only thing I can't wait to see is – how will a healthy Golden State fit in what the West is already looking like? They're top three. It's going to be. Are you sure? I, I, it, 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 they're top three, without a doubt, because this is the way I see it. And this is straying away from the entire purpose of this podcast, but who cares? You have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. A jump shot, a jump shot does not get old. Michael Jordan played until he was 43. All because he had a jump shot. Jump shot doesn't get old, especially with two of the best shooters in the history of the game. They have mm-hmm. and they have Andrew Wiggins, who I believe is just going to be ingratiated into that culture to be a better version of Harrison Barnes, but not as good as Kevin Durant. Mm, okay, because he's a better scorer than Harrison Barnes. He's has quicker hands. He's all around better than Harrison Barnes. But I mean, nobody's Kevin Durant. So you're he just doesn't need the ball as much as Kevin Durant. Doesn't need the ball as much. So now you slide Andrew Wiggins into there. Draymond Green's going to do what Draymond does. 
he's going to get rebounds, he's going to get assists, and he'll get you what? Mm-hmm. In, the, in the words of the almighty Charles Barkley, he will get you a triple single. That is Draymond <laughs> Green. He'll get you a triple single, and you'll be perfectly fine with it. Yep. And now they have a high draft pick, and who knows? They could draft they could draft LaMelo Ball to come off the bench and play the role Sean Livingston played, which I think would be amazing for them. If if they ended up doing that, I feel like there's no way you stop their small ball game. No. You can't. Like that if if they draft ball, then I feel like they would have the type of players where they can successfully do what the Rockets are trying to do. Yes. No, the, the Rockets and were the, doing it. <laughs> the, but here's yeah. the thing. The Rockets were doing it in spite of James Harden. Yeah. And I, I say this wholeheartedly. The moment the Rockets said, we're going small ball, they were like, this is going to be Russ, Russell Westbrook's yeah, team. Definitely. Because James Harden thrived in a pick-and-roll offense. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have anybody to pick and roll with. P.J. Tucker is awful in a pick and pop because he's only a corner three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. So now you have to give the ball to Russ, put five out, and it's literally a game at L.A. Fitness <laughs> where you're like, he's, I'm better he's than faster you than are. the dude in front of him. <laughs> yeah. I'm Bro. better than you. I'm going to get by you. And guess what? I'm going to put my shooter in this corner, shooter in that corner, mm-hmm. do you something about it. You better hope that <sighs> nobody comes to help you because two points is less than three. Yeah, bro. The only thing, the only thing that is gonna hurt the Rockets, in my opinion, PJ Tucker is a great defender. We know this. For some reason, I don't feel like he plays as big as they need him to. He can't. Like, you know, even when it comes to just like regular rebounding, James Harden will have more rebounds. Russell Westbrook has more rebounds. What's his name? Um, Covington has more rebounds, and Covington is a terrible rebounder. True, but. If you compare PJ to Draymond, the only thing you got with PJ over Draymond is two things. You got, in my opinion, a more consistent three Mm -hmm. and better sneakers. That's it. (laughs) See, and here's the thing, Trey, because you're 100% right. But the thing about the biggest difference is that PJ Tucker is actually willing to shoot the ball. Like, every time they isolate or they switch and during that rotation and he ends up with the ball at the three point Draymond be like, He'll all right, shoot what's it. the next what's oh, the next class in the rotation? Yeah. It's just like who has who <laughs> has to worry about rotating over there if he don't want to shoot it. But have but have you seen the Warriors offense? Draymond will make the right pass every single time. Yeah, until the game slows down and it's just like cool. We know we've been watching you specifically. We know what the next pass is. We're going to let you shoot the ball. And if you if you hesitate, if you give me two seconds, we'll be able to rotate back to where now everybody's covered. The 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 man off action you were able to get by passing the ball quickly, you no longer have. Right. So Corey, here's what I think, and I could be wrong, but this is just my view, right? So before Durant came to the Warriors, Draymond was obviously their third scoring option consistently. So you saw, especially in that finals run where they won against the Cavaliers, if Draymond was open on the three, he oh, took yeah, it, back. make it no And back then, back then he made them more. So I feel like when Durant came, I'm not going to say Durant stole the spotlight because Draymond's not the type of person to be like, oh, he stole my thunder. Draymond said, yo, I got the three best shooters in the game 
on my team. Uh, well, what do he, I need to shoot for? Th- then he ran KD out of town. But let's... Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> because he, he kept calling KD a baby. But, you know, I'm not going to say he's right or wrong, but whatever. It happened. But this season, now he, he had to get back into the framework of, yo, if I'm open, I got to shoot because there is no Kevin Durant. Right now, there's no Clay and there's no Steph. If, I, if I'm open, I'm shooting. Well, I mean, that's why they only won like 12 games. Mm-hmm. So next <laughs> next next year we're gonna see if you throw in Wiggins, you get Clay and Curry back healthy at the beginning of the season. Is Draymond gonna be like, all right, cool, well we got three scores, let me just pass all the time again? Or will he say, Yo, I trust these dudes, but they need me to shoot. Yeah. We, we know you're gonna rebound, we know you're gonna pass, but can you score? So here's my question. Yeah. Do we think the NBA is done for the 2019-2020 season? Yes. Nah. Why? Oh. Oh, why for me or why for Trey? Go Trey. Go Trey. All right. In terms of, like, the spring into the summer, they're done. They're through. If the NBA wants to, like, keep the money, at least the playoffs, they got to do something at the end of the summer. How will how will they do it? I have no idea. But I feel like they can at least do at least the semis for the conference and then further up. I I think it's done. I think it's done because of the kind of the same reason Trey said, the money. How are you going to handle the money situation now for players? Because now technically you're making them compete in a longer season. And what I mean by that is their contracts aren't season to season. They go by months or by games. They're not by, well, if you play the entirety of this season, you're going to get this. No, signing bonuses, awards, things of that nature all affect the money coming in and going out. So you're saying they're going on hiatus, let's say approximately until June. They said June might be the date that they come back. You gave these guys two and a half months where you're still paying them. Technically, they're still getting paid. But when they come back, what are you going to do saying, well, now you guys have to play, say, extra 10 games, see who makes the playoffs, and then we do best out of five each series. So the season will end in like July or August. And then you have a quick turnaround for the next season that starts in October. Now, see, the, the last point, I don't think the NBA cares um, about the money, per se, because the, if they can start putting people back into stands, they'll start recouping money that they've lost due to the Roni. So I, I think it's in everybody's best interest to be back on the floor as early as possible. But to your point, if I'm a player, especially if I'm an older player, if I'm LeBron, if I'm Russell Westbrook, if I'm one of these guys who has 10-plus years invested, do I, um, do I return and then get a month to recoup for the October season before we start playing yeah. again? Now, where I think it opens up uh, some intrigue, and I would be really interested to see this because they've been kicking around this tournament idea for, for the last two years. If you take the top 10, and, and we know who's tanking, and we know who's who's purposely tanking, and I'll, I'm on my computer, so I'll look up the current standings 
um, to see who that Here. was letting, let in, right? Oh, what's up, Jay? Listen, it's man. about time. I got kids to feed. <laughs> see? <laughs> I was... Hold up. You heard him say kids, yeah, right? Another one kids. on the way. It's cool. <laughs> it's funny because I'm talking about social distancing, how Trey's in New York and Corey's in North Carolina. Jay's up the street, but he got a kid, so technically that's for the distance and everybody True else. True indeed. Yeah, he, might as well be, he might as well be in Italy. They locked him all down. Listen, exactly. I haven't been to work since last Wednesday, and they like, hey, and I'm just like, what's up? What's <laughs> up? <laughs> just like, yeah, you coming, you coming back? And I was just like, y'all got Rona in there? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> playing. They call his job like Corey. exactly. Same. Like Corey, like Corey's man. Jay, you coming? You <laughs> Corey know who that is. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> who all there? Yo, if you coming or not, nah. I show everything. Don't come. <laughs> That's not nah, Jay. Not nah, Jay. But we was talking about how um. How the NBA season? Do you think it's gonna come back this year, or they just suspend the year from for what good, I call saw, it a day? Um, earlier today, uh, Adam Silver really wants to get it going again, even if they have to start late June. My thing, my yeah, thing I, is, I don't like what it. does that do for next season? Do you still come back in September, and these guys have no rest? What does it look like at that point? And that's exactly what we was getting into. Looks like you're going to earn your money. That's what it looks so like. So hear me out, right? Hear me out. You take the top 10 teams from each division. For for the East, that's Bucks, Raps, Celtics, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Sixers, Nets, and Magic. Those are the top eight. The Wizards and Hornets get in. On yep. the West Coast, that's Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rocket, Mavs, Grizzlies in the top eight. Blazers, Pelicans get playing games. That that would be a lit you, playing game. Not you make lie. it a March. Madness. I was just gonna say that double you elimination. Imagine, like, <laughs> it's just double like elimination. Yo, they'll make it a lot would. of money off of that. Like a lot they make of money. A lot of money. They keep the the festivities short. This is a two three week process. They get the vets out of there. They're able to crown a champion with a big old asterisk next to it rather than having nothing. <laughs> a fat asterisk. That's going to be the fat title asterisk. of this podcast. <laughs> that fat asterisk. Are we even pronouncing it correctly? It's going to be asterisk. I don't know. Bro, I don't know, but it's going to be fat. It's going to be fat. It's going to be fat. But you're right, and you're right. That will make a lot of money, and I feel like it will bring that sort of intrigue. Because now it's like, imagine a game where it's like you have Zion versus LeBron, because that that's a game again. LeBron's watched him twice already. But that's a game they want to see in the playoffs, and it's like one game, all the marbles, everybody has to go all. I'd rather see. I'd rather see better than that game. And it'll be a, 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 a harder fought game. Luca versus LeBron. Oh no, the Mavs get watched. Oh yeah, Mavs will get watched Luka, as a team. Luca dropped thirty, fifteen, and ten, and then they'll lose. Nah, because Porzingis is 
Anthony Davis completely washes Porzingis, out Porzingis. Porzingis is balling now, though. And at, uh, well, we'll and see where he's point, balling in two do? months. You lean on Caldwell Hope, the guy who couldn't leave LA last season, but he couldn't go on away games. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. You go to Deion Waiters, the dude who you really can't let out the house. No, you can't let you can't, you can't let him on the when plane. When did Deion Waiters turn? <laughs> Yeah, no. When did Dion Waiters know, turn into Michael I'd rather Beasley? Mike, I'd rather Michael Beasley happen, but it happened real quick. Michael Beasley, Michael Beasley at least would fight somebody. Dion would just bump him. That's a fact. <laughs> Michael Beasley to this day is my favorite player that panned out to me. Nah, he was more than something. I loved he him. wasn't what people thought he was, but let's not act like the Heat didn't bring him back nine times. Oh, because he was worth it. A lefty player, with a jump shot. Yeah, Michael, Michael Beasley. He's exactly. Michael favorite Beasley player's favorite was player. to the Heat what Brian Hoyer is to the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Well, just keep bringing him back. <laughs> you want to dismiss your family for three weeks until we send you home again? Like, <laughs> yeah. you get this, but you get this. Yeah. Paycheck, we just need you to like, to like throw the ball at least 15 times of practice. Nah, oh, yo, man. yo, who your favorite player that never favorite made player it? that never made it to oh, the league, gosh. or like never, like never well, made it? I guess never made anything. Because if you look at it, like what's his like, name, Greg Oden really didn't make it into no, anything. That's what I mean. Like Greg Oden didn't do anything, but he got a ring though. He got a ring. Wait, who did he get a ring with? <laughs> nah, you. He played with Miami the that first year one. They won a ring. Okay, okay, see, he was, yeah. No, he said Miami. Yeah, uh, but that's no. the first uh, no. championship that they, they won, won was with um, OKC. He was on the, the team when they played the Spurs He's, the second time. Yeah, oh, he was on the bench. Wow, he deep bench. That ring got that ring got the biggest <laughs> asterisk next to it. Hey, he got one before Mike Conley, that's so that's all that mattered. You are talk- Mike fan. Conley might be on that list of guys who are not – you are not the person we thought you were. Don't disrespect Mike Conley like that. Don't really? Yes, he is, is though. Think he's up there? Mike Don't Conley disrespect has Mike never Conley. had – Bro, didn't they almost – didn't on. they accidentally bench him? Accidentally, no. They were being – they were being <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> They did accidentally bench him. They were like, oh, uh, we meant Joe Ingles, like, not Mike Conley. So you meant the Australian 6'7". Not the dreaded up Not black the dude black kid. Who pops played in the league. <laughs> dreaded nah, up black you dude meant, who's like 6'2". You meant Mike Conley. You just pissed some people off in like, the process. Like, you traded for him and then <laughs> sat him? Because he's been boo Nah, Mike Conley has never had a team <laughs> worth anything. And let's not... This, you saw me this Jazz team is not no, worth anything? No, because... Because I mean, right now, the team, yo, bring up the last five years of the Grizzlies teams and who they had to go up against. And you tell me if he had an adequate team to compete with in the Western Conference. He did, he had, I was, he had, he had Zach Randolph six years ago, six years ago, and Kobe was still alive and kicking. But that was like. Three months ago, that was dark. Super dark. <laughs> the Spurs, um, the Spurs still had dark. Tim Duncan six years ago. Better, better analogy there. Um, but they, didn't they uh, eliminate that Spurs team? Remember, um, the eight versus the one. 
Uh, they did one year. Yeah, they did one year. But that was the year it was him, Tony Allen, I think Matt. No, it wasn't Matt Barnes. It was Nick Young, I think. Wow. If you put, I miss sports. If you put together all of Mike Conley's best years, it's a one career year. You got 21 points, two steals, seven. And I'm being generous because we got 6.5, but I round seven assists. And I'll take those 20. Rebounds. What you said, 21 and six? I'll, 21 and six. I'll well, take 21, 21 and, seven. and seven over a lot of other people's 28 and seven because of the value that they do it in. Mike Conley, Mike Conley uh, never lost his team has... games. <laughs> Mike never Conley lost. was never the reason neither they Dak lost. Pre- neither has Dak Prescott, but that's not Yeah, let's not, let's not talk about Let's not talk. Let's not get into football right now. Oh, Lord. We'll never stop. All right. Let me switch subject. So, Corey and Jay, there's a reason why we wanted both of you Please on this press. episode, actually. Uh, tr- I made Trey, my drink, so. Real quick? <laughs> Big so. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. So, uh, as I told y'all, we saw that episode of This Is Us where Randall finally decided to go to therapy. Uh, We saw his first day in therapy, and we saw how he could not hack it. Like, he he just could not wrap his brain around it. But in the second episode where he went, the things Randall said and the way that he said it, I remember sitting there and thinking two things. I thought, one, yo, I really feel like Randall mental, like, yo, Randall's head right now is being racked worse than it has ever been racked before, probably a day in his life. And two, this sounds a whole lot like Corey and Jay right now. And I couldn't pinpoint which one it was more. It just sounds like a combination, both of y'all. So... Like I said, uh, after watching that episode, it, it 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 made me go, yo, I got questions for Corey and Jay because I feel like their life reminds me a lot of Randall's. And the thing Wait, Randall I got a black daddy that was on drugs and left me with white people? Oh. <laughs> no. Not the thing. about to say. It really <laughs> <laughs> All right, we we may have to take that drink away from you sooner than you thought. Gosh, please ask your questions, Trey. My daddy, bye. All right, copy. So here's my first one. Uh, do you guys ever feel similar to Randall that you never completely confronted your mom about various things that had to do with your dad after? his passing because you were afraid of losing her too who wants to start this off you want to start it off um i'll go all right cool go ahead i guess um what i have realized during this process is that um it, it also goes into my morbid fear of having children um the five and a half six year gap between jay and myself 
has pointed forward a lot of different viewpoints on our parents. Um, and I mean, my, my fear is like, or I, I feel like we had a, a very, very similar upbringing. Um, not all the same. And it's like to see me and Jay have very separate viewpoints on certain things. For the most part, because of those upbringings, we're in line on a lot. But there are some things that we see completely separate on. Um, so as far, I, I've never, um, I've never felt any type of way towards my mother um, because my mother has always been, and both of y'all know her well, um, almost too honest from time to time. Um, a, a lot of the things yeah. that I, yeah. I kind of don't <laughs> didn't need, but as an adult, um, I'm just like, all right, well, I, I, I appreciate that now. Um, and not to rehash too much of the past, um, because there are people who listen to this podcast who have um, an intimate knowledge of my family structure. Um, it, it, there was a lot of, um, ill intent from my father's side. He, he was hurting. Um, and he, he was very, very upset for, for a number of reasons. Um, some that had to do with us as a family or, or my mother and a, a lot that had absolutely nothing to do with that either. Um, so I, I've never felt that she's hidden anything. Um, for a long time, I was upset with him because of how I felt that he handled that situation. And even to this day, cause I, I need to go to therapy. I had full plans to start the research um, on how I would do that before, you know, the world shut down. Um, because I, I, first off, I believe there's not a black man in America that doesn't need therapy, but, um, I, I was, yeah, I was saying here, definitely, um, in, in the thought process of sometimes you get older and you relook at your life and you see it in things that you either kind of pushed away, but you see how they affected you and they molded you. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I can ramble, but to answer your question, Trey, I, I don't hold any of that against her. Um, because I, I I've come to through conversation, um, not I don't well, at least I don't feel and she could very well be, but I don't feel anything has been withheld from me, and I feel like that was his biggest issue. I feel. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, um, we do differ a lot, but we also have you know the like he said the similarities and the structure of how we were raised. Um, Corey growing up was very, very okay with being by himself and to himself. He found comfort in it. Um, and he did a lot of his growing up. Well, he did all of his growing up in Connecticut to where myself, I grew up around, and I just did the count in my head a couple of, a couple of days ago, but I grew up around about nine uh, seven, seven or eight first cousins. I grew up around them while in the Bronx. I didn't leave until I was about eight. And so eight years of growing up and seeing all of your first cousins, except for two of them, because they lived with their mom every day, you kind of grow up in a, in a community of people to where you need people. And so that's where we differed in that sense, to where... He was more of an introvert. I was a more of an extrovert. And when it came to that breakdown of family, it came in a time where 
Corey's development started to become key. I was 15 at the time. That made Corey nine. And so as much as I thought that I knew, I didn't know. So if that was the case, Corey knew nothing. And that's not a shot at Corey. It's just that a nine-year-old knows absolutely nothing. A 15-year-old can see things, but not necessarily know what's going on. I saw things, and I knew that it wasn't necessarily all my father. But the way that my father raised us as men was to take care of the women in your family at all costs. Regardless, right or wrong, you never let anybody pick on, demean, or disrespect the women in your life. Now, when their breakdown started to take place, and again, same as Corey, not divulging too much information into this situation, we protected our mother. We took our mother's side because that's what we were raised and taught to do. And... I can kind of see my father's wheels as a man turning, going, this is what I taught them, and they're doing what I taught them. And at this point in time, it would do more damage to tell them exactly what happened. Because at the end of the day, we as men, we can, we can take other men being upset with us. What we can't take is the men in our lives being upset with the women in our lives. And so I think that's what my father did as a protection. Now, fast forward into my adulthood and my relationship and my marriage and almost having the same type of situations happen my father was very instrumental in helping me get things back on track before I completely self-destruct, destructed. And that was without him here. And seeing that and going through those situations after self-destructing, I confronted my mother on the situation. And I confronted my mother on how us protecting her didn't allow us to be biased in a lot of situations and didn't allow us to be complete children in that situation. We grew up and became many husbands. We grew up and became many protectors. And again, especially as black men, that's who we are. We are protectors. We, you know, we are fathers a lot sooner than we want to be fathers in, you know, situations, whether we take care of our siblings, whether, you know, we're doing certain things, you know, within our communities. We become a presence of protection to other people. And so approaching, mm-hmm. confronting my mother and letting her know that some of the things that she did wasn't okay. But some of the things that she did wasn't okay. She was able to reciprocate back to us that she knew that it wasn't okay. But she didn't know how else to deal. And that's where a lot of the repair with me started to come in to where I was kind of able to get that. And again, not going into too much on what was, you know, traded back and forth, but just her understanding how I felt 
understanding the damage that it caused to me and understanding that her anger took years away from me and my father's relationship. Because at, again, 15 years old to 20 years old, not understanding what happened and why my father wasn't there anymore. Not on a day-to-day basis. Like, my father lived literally a mile and a half down the road. But, again, for 15 years, he was in that house. And after that point, he was now a mile and a half down the road. (laughs) And so, you know, that that interchange of conversation, I was able to, you know, get some things out. It hurt. I didn't want to be able to, you know, I didn't want to tell my mother that, you know, I felt she did things wrong, but it was necessary on my part. Dad, you guys answer like all the questions me and Trey had after that. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang. No, was... he answered all your questions. He, he answered answer all mine. He answered a bunch We're of my questions. We're professional like, interviewers. Dad, we work for Apple. Out here giving all the. <laughs> yeah, big facts. <laughs> that's, I don't know. That's, that's, that's funny. That's a bunch of tweets. At Apple, they always told you to start off. Uh, well, that's funny. <laughs> like, why? I lost all my my information on my computer. My husband from the dead from the war was in there, and he's dead. Well, that's, well, funny. that's funny. Let's uh, let's take a look at it and like. <laughs> okay Trey, Trey they answered all my questions go ahead alright so um, I don't know so I right. so first of all both both of y'all answers were, were great you know it, it it sounded like you know I don't know you answered the question and at the same time you didn't answer the question Ooh. like so, so the question was, did you ever feel like there were certain things you never completely confronted your mother about because no. you were afraid that you would lose her too? The same, no. not not even like similarly to how you how like things changed with like her daughter, distance, just, like her distance herself away from us because we sat there and said, "Hey, we don't feel that this is right, or we felt that this wasn't right." Are you meaning it in that sense? Or do you mean her actually passing away? Okay, no, no, yeah. If it's the first way, then yeah, I understood you correctly. Definitely not. Not especially as I grew into a like the the next stage of adulthood. No, that that was necessary, definitely necessary and needed. Mm -hmm. Um, Gotcha. Can I, Mike? Can I say the N word here? You can I, say whatever you want, I, just I, don't curse. Who's listening? Who's listening? <laughs> just go. go now, the, nigga, um, go I could kill like a, 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 a pen of innocent children on some Anakin ish, and my mother would still love me. Yeah. that's just who my yeah. mother is. Be, be looking to true. get you're, you're... this, uh, get some type of answer or anything or any type of real conversation out of my mother would not. Dry, I don't feel it would drive her away. Which is why we've been able to have the conversations that we've had. So yeah, to answer the question, nah. Well, I feel like I honestly feel that way about her and Jay. I feel like I always tell everybody I can't wait till I go on my like midlife crisis mass murder spree because Jay is the um, is the lawyer. I I can't wait for that too. I can't wait for 
I'm, I'm the ghetto. I'm going through I'm, because I'm you know Jay's gonna be like, well, you know, he, he, Jay's always the um, the sensitive one to people's situations, which I love about him. So he's gonna be like, you know, well, my dad wasn't really there for him when we were growing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he murdered seventeen people. Now, and now actually. You deserving the actual time that the law is saying, hey, you need to be in jail for the rest of your life. It's two completely different things. I understand why you killed those 100 people. I get it. That doesn't mean that you should just let him out. Like, let him go back to, you know, his job and let him continue to, you know, do great things. Nah, he needs to sit there. He needs to think about this. Like... The newscast is gonna be like, did he have to steal their dog? I'm like, nah, that was that was all <laughs> him. Like, that had nothing to do. We ain't even have dogs growing up. That was all him. <laughs> We've heard the do- the dogs are in great condition. Mm-hmm. He's taking good care of them. Yeah, but did he like, have nah. to steal the dogs too? <laughs> oh my gosh, y'all y'all wild though. Nah, but you're right though. You're. Your your mother, she she I don't know why she even loves me and I'm like one of the worst human beings out here. But um Yeah, I mean makes sense. She she did have both of y'all, especially right. Jay. So I get it. Come on, Trey, you got more questions? What's up? Oh, big facts, bro. I'm just getting started, bro. That was that was <laughs> question one. Alright. So the other question I had was so um like Jay said, Jay Jay was a little older when everything happened, so he kind of instinctively, I don't want to say take the lead, but basically, but, but between the the both of y'all, he basically like stepped up and said, "All right, cool. Like I'm gonna be the person to take the lead with various stuff when it comes to protecting my mother because I'm the new man of the house, basically." And you know, like Jay said, Corey, Corey. As long as I've known Corey, he's instinctively been like one of those like, listen, either you gonna go or you not, and I don't care because I could, I'm perfectly fine being by myself right now. Yeah. So, but at the same time, like I said, Corey can be that way as long as it's Corey's idea. Corey has to be in control. I I like that you guys time. know him. So I like that you like... guys know him. You guys are real friends. I was about to say, I was like, this, this definitely, this was Corey in middle school. This was Corey. This is it. So, based off of that, do you guys feel like, personally, because of the, basically because of the lack of power to control any of the situation back then that you guys had, do you feel like that's why now you have to be in control of the situation. Nine out of eight. Nine out of eight times. We'll see. Because you're like, I, I, I that's a hundred and ten percent. It's more than a hundred. More than a hundred percent. Basically, exactly. <laughs> like, like, like. Do you feel like no, no, no matter what, you have to be in control of the situation? Because if you're not, yes, yes. Not okay, I'll let you. I'll let so, you. Go ahead. Yeah, we can do we can Jada style. Cool. So <laughs> um so the your your assessment and both of us 
and the lack of control we had in our childhood, which I mean, to be honest, children should not have control. Um, <laughs> we, we hear that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. This is the well, last episode yeah. of yeah. Uh, yeah. the podcast. <laughs> it will be canceled. Cancel Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Russ. Nah. Go ahead, Russ. We in the corner. Gonna be on the shade room tomorrow. But yeah, big facts. Yeah. Yeah, all right, I, you actually, yeah, edit that. I just realized. I just realized that I just joined the board of my yeah. <laughs> I can't be out here wild. Um, Go ahead. I'll edit that. That's that's a point. Corey, what did you drink? I'm still this? drinking. Um. <laughs> so all in all to the point that was originally made the lack of control that we had has kind of forced the both of us into complete opposite directions as to where Jay is a lot more lenient and a lot more um, I, I don't want to say malleable but to ideas he is because he's just like look like sound like I, I, I'll think about it it sounds cool we can try it like no point. Like I don't really know exactly what comes from this, but hey, I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to be right. I'm willing to be wrong. And and that's one of Jay's strengths is that he's a lot more um easygoing when it comes to like that type of control. Me, on the other hand, I am the complete opposite. And it's not and I think you guys know this about me as well. It's not that my idea has to go. But in order for me to feel comfortable with your idea, I need to know you've thought about it. Which is why oftentimes I'll play devil's advocate. And I have no true, I might even agree a little bit. I have no true opposite thought on the idea that has been presented to me. But I cannot agree or go down this path with you if I know that you have not at least thought about it. That, that's like um, our young, uh, younger cousin, my, like, like our little brother, um, Seth, when he was going to graduate high school, I'm like, look, you got options. You can go into full-time service. You can go... Um, into work full time, you can do whatever you want, and people are going to want to pull you in either direction. The only issue me and you are ever going to have is if you go, I want to do A, I ask you why, and you go, uh-huh. no, because that's not what men do. We don't, especially as black men, but black. men as a whole, we do not have the luxury. We have, like Jay mentioned, we're caretakers, we have people behind us. He has his mother, it is another uh, unfortunate opportunity where we're forced to become heads a little quicker. You're an adult now. You have your mm-hmm. mother. You have your sister. I have my wife. I have my mother. I have people who depend on me. So even if I make the wrong decision, the only thing I'll be able to sleep or stand on at the end of it is knowing uh, I, I did all my research. I, I gathered all the information. And this is what I thought was the best thing possible. That's why I, and I was joking in the group chat while I was watching it that Q Randall was my spirit animal. But that's that's who Randall is. It's just like, look, yeah, I, and I'm not as compulsive, but it's just like I have to see all angles of this or as many angles as this, because if I don't, no one else will. So that's who I've become as a result yeah. of that personally. I can I can mm-hmm. I can agree I with hear, that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sir. I, hear, I, hey, I could. I could go. No, I was going to say I, I could completely see that about you because, you know, even based on the conversation me and you was having earlier, like you questioned me to the T about everything. 
But as long as I actually had a valuable answer, you let it rock. It don't got to be what I agree with. Because niggas, niggas going to do what niggas do. Yeah, but if, exactly. you, if I consider you, myself using a that, friend to using you. Using that word loosely. Yeah, they, I, uh, so you told me I could say what I want. Um, King, <laughs> Kings is going to do what Kings do. So um, it's just like, Joe was right. Y'all kings, yeah, kings, and I right kings. Um, it's just like I, I, I don't consider myself a friend or a brother to the three of you, and, and a brother to your your wives, your families, the and the tribes that you carry with you. If this is, I wouldn't treat you like I would treat myself. And I feel like people will come to know that about me. Um, you, you, I, I always feel like you only put yourself in positions with people when you know what to expect. Like when I want to put hands and feet on a person and I know that it's not a good idea, I call Jay because Jay's a lot more calmer than I am. He'll talk me down. If I want to put hands and feet on somebody and I need a good ex, a good reason to go do it on top of mine, I'm calling Giles because Giles is always with the smoke. So yeah, yeah. yeah so pretty it's, much. I know what type of answer I'm going to get from the person when I call them. So it's just like when you come to me, you should know that I, I'm probably going to grill you because you're you're trusting me with your business by telling me these things. So if whatever decision that you're going to make as a result of it, I'm willing to rock with as long as I know that you've done the necessary thought behind it. People don't think now. I got to agree. Um, true. And again, it's right on the head. It's like we're, we're actually siblings um, to where it's just like, yeah, it's one of those things to where that took us in completely different directions. Um, again, without divulging too much of my family's information, but at 15, 16 years old, you know, I was the one, you know, who was spiritually providing for my family, um, not necessarily knowing how to completely, um, you know, had a part-time job, you know, after school to where, you know, I was working at a store getting, you know, a little piece of change here and there. And, you know, although I wasn't, you know, paying crazy bills, like, you know, my mother, you know, asked me to pay the electric bill at six, you know, at 16 years old, paying the electric bill in the house is, is big, you know, especially when you're not, you know, dealing drugs or anything like that. You really got to, you know, pinpoint and save your money and figure out how you're going to make this, you know, $150 over, you know, a two week period work, you know, and, you know, it's just like, okay, you know, we in the house, you know, so the electric bill in the summertime is, you know, 250 and the electric time in the winter, the electric bill in the winter time is, you know, 300 you got the heat on and it's just like, all right, cool. You know, I got to call and make arrangements. I got to call and set this up. And so I have always been to even where, you know, my wife is just like, even around to this day, she'll go, you all, you don't never pay overdraft fees when, you know, I take extra out the bank knowing that, you know, okay. Um, for whatever it is, you know, uh, you know, I paid the car off this month and, you know, I'm a hundred dollars short on rent. I'm going to overdraw that $100. And, you know, right after I overdraw that $100, two or three, two or three days later, I'm going to call a bank and be like, hey, listen, you know, things happen. What can we do? And I don't take no for an answer in those situations. That has happened, you know, that has, has developed for me being 16 years old paying, you know, electric bills. You know, me having, me providing for a family at an age to where normal, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old don't, um, you know, getting, you know, graduated high school and going straight into my trade 
where, yeah, I'm making that 18 years old back in 07 where, you know, $14 an hour was 25, uh, 25 an hour now, especially if you have no responsibilities. All I had was my gas and my, you know, my utility bill in the crib. It was just like, cool. You know, I was able to, you know, get my, you know, get my little brother a shirt here or there, you know, get my little brother a Subway sandwich. Although we still dipped out that one day where I have money on my debit card. <laughs> Paul. But it was just one of those things. And I'll let you finish up with your story in a second. But it was just one of those things to where I was thrown into a role earlier than what I should have. But it it put me in a position to where I don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to have control. But I just want to make sure that everybody who's in their respective roles know what they're doing. And once I'm comfortable knowing that they're doing what they're doing, I can leave everybody alone and just focus on myself. And I guess that's in a sense, in a sense, that's a little bit of, uh, of control in a way, but it's to, it's not to where I have to be hands on and do everything myself. Cause I want to be as hands-free as possible. It's just like at this point now in my life, I have to be hands free with a child. I mean, I have to be hands on with a child. And so it's just like everything else, if I can trust everybody else to do their part and do their part effectively, I'm happy. If not, I'm stressed because it's just like I don't have the time to provide to other people who ain't on it. (laughs) I need people to be on it. And you don't have to do things to the T the way I do things. Mm-hmm. But I just need to know that in your variation of what you're doing, it gets done. Copy. So 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 like you said, you and Corey both yep. at the end of the day, you want the same thing. You just got different ways of showing it. Like you both, at the end of the day, want to know, regardless of whatever the situation is, your idea of, quote-unquote, being in control is not controlling every aspect of what the person is going to do or tries to do or people around you, but making sure, like, you look at them and go, okay, we're not going to just take a, eh, I'll figure it out kind of answer. I need the answers now before you even start the process. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that. You no, know, Trace. When did Trace come with the table point. talk? Like Trace that. with the <laughs> with the slap. But I will say, <laughs> you got <laughs> trade a pink slip. Trade a Trade. You got trade a pinky over there. Willow. I'm, Willow. I mean, if, if Willow. No, no, good. Trade. Good. Good job. <laughs> I, I felt like he was saying I will say, and so I don't know if, if Mike and Corey cut it. Just cut it. We good. Yeah, we are, can just cut it. Yeah, we could cut I mean, that. I don't know if Mike and Trey are watching the show All American, but but in season two, well, like nope. you just might have to watch it to understand where I'm coming from with just nope. that episode. But there's a part. The, yeah, the cabin. I already know what you're talking about. That's. I, I'm not gonna say what happened. Well, I haven't gotten there yet. Spoiler but, alert. That's me. All right. All right. Uh, 
the fact that we're talking about a football show and he says something no, about Kevin no, already because, turns me off. Because I just that's, want because I just want Friday. We I want Friday game, night. It'll never be to me. We're never getting the that game back. Was better than Friday Night Lights. <laughs> the game gave you. Yo, you're crazy. You are a wild boy. You're out of your mind. Well, they had like two footballs making more money. Yo, Mike. Yo, Mike. But who was Ding Dong? Yo, what's up? Ding Dong, Forget what they're talking about. If. Yo, I I can explain what Jay talking about right now with that cabin scene, with another with Friday Night Lights. One scene in Friday Night Lights. Okay, but we're not gonna we're not gonna, no we're not gonna ruin it because Corey hasn't gotten there yet. All right, let's not scene? ruin it. What's we'll join we'll join the Corey. What episode are you actually on? Oh, okay, I'm, not, enough, but I'm, I'm not ruining it then. Uh. Uh, what's her face just got mad at her family and friends. You're close. Oh, and then my she threw the party for them niggas. I'm oh, sorry. For them, for, <laughs> You're close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So, so his father, his father has left that? already. Okay. Yes. So Corey left. Correct. Co- okay. Yeah. So when we get there, we'll see. Look, I, I, I know my have to do it for I know nothing. I'm. But um, I'll, yeah. I'll just I'll it, watch it. While that's it works, my reaction. Home, Corey, you know? Corey's reaction is definitely more Randall. I am definitely more um. Why can't I think of his name right now? No, not Kevin. The kid from All American. Kevin. Yes, but he's not. That's not what he's referring to. I hate Kevin. Yes, I hate like, Kevin that much. that assessment is correct. Makes sense. I know you do. I know you do. I'm not famous. You're allowed to hate people that <laughs> remind yourself of yourself. <laughs> if that's what we're... <laughs> How is that debatable? Even that's debatable. Even that's debatable. Dude, I, <laughs> dude, I can't stand Future, but I would do a lot of stuff that Future does. <laughs> like, it, I... Dude, I, oh, I got a text already from my ex's sister. <laughs> no matter of fact, he posted something. <laughs> Nah, let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Oh my! So, she posted something, and she was like, "You know, this quarantine time is not a good time to text your ex." And I commented, "Yes, it is. It's the best time. Because what are they going to do about it? They're going to show up to my house? No. Scrub this with scrub this with Corey. Like, Corey's not to be missed. Six feet. <laughs> scrub it." <laughs> Yes, six feet. <laughs> I will. Too. I I texted about Nasty. three exes in the past week and a half, oh, bro. bro. I can get you, you a confident coloring book. I do it while with I'm the, I the do 60, it while I'm working. I can get you the sixty-four count free on, bro. With the sharpener, I do it while I'm working. I'll just be like, yo, with with the sharpener. Yo, like be, I come and drop it lit. off, like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I got okay, I'm, I'm not gonna hold book. you. I may need one of those. Too, bro. I'm <laughs> yo, I'm losing it over here, bro. Bro, like, yo, and that's the thing. I, I'm not saying I've run out of stuff to do. It's just I do so much stuff. It's like at some point I finish. Like I've been write, writing my poetry. I've been studying my scrum stuff. I've been doing work. I've been watching shows. At some point, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, do something that's the best group thing chat. I can do. Put a little. I do text no, you guys, little, but put a little. But NFL we can talk about the Eagles. There's so many things we can. Nah, first of all, first of all, Trey, you're a horrible person. Nah, we're at home. 
First of all, Jay Yo, shout out to, shout out to looking crazy. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I am trying all, to spoil all, all we know that association. Facts. Yo, but look, Jay. I mean, not Jay. Mike. What I want to know is, have yo? If you get that board, we could definitely. <laughs> Uh, talk about some more discussion. I was about to say, yo, y'all want to go play manhunt in the city? In the chat, (laughs) they was playing manhunt in forty on forty second. You didn't see it? Let's do something. Okay, we're not doing that. Yo, the Bronx. First of all, yes, the Bronx, Brooklyn, and Queens. Who all teamed up? Well, they came up. The Bronx, Queens. The Bronx, Queens, and Brooklyn were separate teams, and they all wore different colors. And they met at forty second. And it was, and they played manhunt in the streets. There was nothing and there. They came it was, it was pandemonium. No, that's that's that the, is, that's, that's how you unite. No, 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 that's no, King. This is not the st- no. This is not the start of a gang war. This is the start of martial law because dukes <laughs> out here cannot pay attention. To the government section and wasn't that the given. wasn't that the and Warriors movie? That was Corey in Moody. I've never seen Warriors, but Basically. didn't they all meet up somewhere in the city and and oh yeah, yeah. This... yeah, Gramercy Park. I think he played the video game forever. I used to you know that's Corey's movies. Like, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, was... I I wish nigga, if I oh god if I could find <laughs> if I could find that video game today, I stopped playing that. First of all, I must say, you know, I, I know I got scraped, but I did score on Corey and Madden, so I'm happy. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Blake Jarwin. Yo, I was out here <laughs> doing some frivolous things. <laughs> he was probably hey, dude, playing. I'm, I'm done playing. He was Madden. probably playing. I played Madden. Jack three times in Madden, <laughs> and I'm averaging two, <laughs> two, <laughs> probably because I'm averaging like. 300 yards per game on the ground. I don't know because he's trying. I rushed for 257 yards with Miles Sanders. I do not know. Yeah, that's a All right, so back to the qu- back to Trey's question. Yeah, I already did a good more. job with it. He, he got. <laughs> he got to pull up Miles Sanders' stats against the Cowboys. Of course, I have more questions, bro. I got questions for days. Yo, no, let's get all this time by having eaten today. This diet got me crazy. <laughs> three, yeah, do three that. squares. Eat, eat a meal before you text your. You're not have a snicker. Yeah, you're not text one of your exes. Just like have a bowl of cereal or something, my guy. Like, yeah, man. Yo, I can see Mike <laughs> now. Snickers, my you are empty, you. But... Yo, I can see Mike now. Me. My stomach is empty, but not as empty as my Sick. heart without you. Sick. I like that. I'm gonna use that tomorrow. Thank you, giving him ideas. Yo. If I could, oh man! If I could find Mariah's number, you guys, whew. as she should, so as she should. Message. Good it, for her. She blocked me. Good. I, <laughs> good for good. you. If you listen Bro. to this spitefully, Mariah, good. Number thirty-three God. is bad. Mike, text it to me. I'll send it to her. <laughs> bad. <laughs> bad. I got you. I got. I'm gonna just text yeah, brother, like, if, yo, I you, your brother. If quick. I was you, if I was you, I'll meet you outside mm-hmm. of your house. And, you know how to go. He brought that your living room. <laughs> 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 she, you can't do that uh, now. 
I was te- I was telling Trey before you got on. Yeah, she, she knows where she, you live. She gotta be out here. I know where she at before she know where I'm at. <laughs> first, first of all, Mike Mike had to, uh, Mike has to say post woman because he said it wrong. The <laughs> I said male woman and it, D Way. So I heard male woman. I was like, she's a what? <laughs> Yo, I, I, work wow. for the I gotta block this part out of it. <laughs> Ain't nothing special about the phone company. <laughs> Trey, ask your question. Right, right. Ask your question. I'm tired of this. word for the gift slang, regardless of what I say right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. For now. So, as a Corey, Jay, this is the last one I got. For now. Um, for now. Yo, Corey, you know I could do this all night. But pause. Pause. Nah, no pause. Anyway, um, so granted, we are, we see where you guys are in life now, and you guys are both doing great. Corey, you know, husband, five years in. Hey, 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 congratulations. Congratulations. You know anniversary. You know what I'm saying? Home, 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 home owner, uh, dog dad, pause. That sounds weird. Um, but you know, doing doing a lot of big things, and Jay, thank you, thank you. doing a lot of big things. Ten years, congratulations! Big facts, yeah, congratulations on that too, bro. Saying, brand new baby. She's up, but she's that actually up for auction. That if anybody wants her, she headbutted me twice um, today, and I'm not feeling that. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> that's because you don't know how to hold her. Yeah. And blonde. <laughs> thank, thank you so much for your concern. Right, Jay, you... <laughs> Thanks, Queen. Thanks, beloved. <laughs> when I hit what? the block button, I got the Roddy Rich. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the ringtone I got for my block button now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, I disrespect. <laughs> Alright, so like I said, both of y'all are doing big things in life now. And do you guys ever feel or think about yes. like how much <laughs> I know where you're going? Yeah. Your lives would be if your pops was still around. Alright. One of, okay, so that part I don't gotta think about it. I got the answer for you. <laughs> the, the the point of the question was do you feel like all right, well, I want that answer too, but the other half of the question is, do you feel like however different your life would be in that regard, mm. would it affect the relationship you have with your mother now? And what I mean by that is, no, no, no. I I, I don't mean just generally having a relationship with your mother and having a strong relationship with your mother, but the type of relationship you have with your mother now, would that differ I'll rock off if with your this first. Presence no, was still because my mom has always been my mom. It's never going her her place in life is solidified. Just like my father's place was solidified early. Bumps in the road, but solidified nonetheless. This guy is the person that taught me how to compete. And that's just not in sports, but that's in in life in general. This is the man who who taught me what respect looks like, especially, you know, toward women. Um he's the the person that 
showed me it's okay to be wrong, even though at some at point he didn't know how to admit it. Um, would our relationships have uh, changed between me and my mother? No, because I had the opportunity to square things away with my father before he passed away. And squaring those, squaring that up and seeing how that only strengthened me and his relationship again and had nothing to do with my mother's relationship was awesome because we came to an agreement that we weren't going to disrespect anybody in our conversations. I understood how things can be tiring, especially having to deal with one another because you have two people in common at this point, but we were always going to be respectful. And it took my father a little bit to understand that and to learn that. And I don't know who gave me that advice, but they gave me the advice to when you speak to your father and he starts to veer down the road of negative conversation, just tell your father that you enjoyed the conversation so far and that you have to dismiss yourself from the conversation and leave the conversation. That happened twice. And the first conversation, I can remember it to this day, the first conversation lasted six minutes. The second conversation lasted about 15 minutes. And I think it clicked to my father to where if I want to speak to my son, I cannot bring up negativity, especially about his mother. And he never brought it up again. And we had hour long conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the best advice that was given to me because that showed me that not taking disrespect towards your loved one, especially your wife, is gonna fly. I had to learn that the hard way. Uh, I'm still, I'm, I'm still kind of perfecting that. Mm-hmm. Copy. But, but before you go on, though, before you go on, first let me say, that's great, and I remember you you sharing that before. That's a beautiful example. Um, Very. I Copy. feel like I gotta clarify what I mean by would it change your relationship with your mother? I don't. I don't mean like if your father was here now, would you start to resent your mother for various things? But uh, I'll say I feel like both of you guys, your relationship with your mother is very close, not just close. You know, as you guys said, you became protectors as well as like miniature husbands to your mom because of various stuff that happened when you guys were younger and obviously regardless of you know whether or not your dad was here or not your parents were not together at that time when you guys were older but do you feel like for example if your father was still around and you guys had a good relationship would the dynamic I'd say, of I'd say, your mother's relationship I'd say yes still no. be the same? Um, because the way it is, just the realistically, way is, things things change when there's two instead of one. Um, you know, you have to split your time, and so you know we've dedicated you know a hundred percent of our time toward our mother outside of our respective relationships with our significant others. But if we you know still had our father there, we'd have to divvy that up. You know, it would have to be time with mom and time with dad. Um, so, yeah, it would it would be different. Um, no love lost at all, but it would be different. Um, would things be... I just think it would be different in the sense that... So, for you, know, you Jay, it how would, do you think it would be different? It would be two adults 
you know, just, just learning each other as adults. You know, I knew my father as a kid and a young adult. Um, and so, you know, learning him and, you know, seeing a lot of the things that, you know, he went through and he transitioned to into his 30s, you know, just picking his brain in that situation. You know, I can see things from my mother's standpoint and how to deal with a woman. And I can also go and, you know, see what my father's, you know, what my father was like dealing with, you know, a woman from the man's standpoint, um, you know, in his 30s. I was able to do that in my early 20s. Um, but, you know, almost seven years later, you know, it's, it's a little different. You know, you kind of had to learn things on your own without that male presence. You know, you have male, other male figures in your life, but it's not your father. Um, and would it have been different had he been here? Completely. Mm. I found out that my wife was pregnant with our first daughter literally three weeks after my father passed away. My father always wanted a granddaughter we got pregnant with a girl. <laughs> and so that would have been what he always wanted. My mother told me that my father wanted a daughter. So my father wanted to try for a third kid. And my mother was just like, no, her body couldn't do it. And my father mm -hmm. was just like, please, 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 please. I want a girl. I have two boys. I want a girl at this point. And my mother was just like, nope, shut down. House is shut down. Boom, boom, boom. And so my father always talked in the sense of me knowing who my father was. I thought my father only wanted grandsons because of the way he dealt with us. But his temperament was set, was always set to deal with a girl. And so that was that. I was able to, you know, see right. that. Yeah, I got it. Yo, say what up to KP. KP's on the phone now. What up, KP? Yeah. Oh, you stink, little girl. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna finish potting while changing it real quick. But um, it was um, <laughs> you know, he would have, he would have mm -hmm. been exactly who I thought he would, who what he would have been, and that was the most amazing grandfather ever. Like he would have like he pushed us to to excel in a lot of things. And I just think that he would have been a complete mush of a person. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My hands are cold. I'm sorry. But um, he would have just been a complete mush as a grandfather. And that would have been <laughs> aggravating to see, seeing how he pushed me and my brother so hard in a lot of ways. I don't resent him for that. I actually appreciate it. But we just built from a different cloth. We built from a different time where that was okay. <laughs> and, you know, you don't call the cops on your father for pushing you and, you know, put, meaning you know, mentally and physically and you know, into greatness. <laughs> I felt that, you know, because of him doing that, you know, we've excelled and became great adults. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, that just would have been him. He would have been able to ride off in the sunset with his grandchildren. Um, he just would have been, you know, just cool and solidified in himself. Mm -hmm. yeah, she don't she don't like cold wipes on her oh, butt there she go. Baby. <laughs> 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 Trace well, I'm about to say Corey answer the question <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
I'm not. Yeah, we and Trey are the same wavelength, bro. bro I didn't say anything. Different. I didn't say anything. God, do. Nah, trust me. I ain't no more TP. Store. You got to do what you got to do now. All the W True. folks took those um, two. Uh-uh. Go ahead. <laughs> Corey. Uh, okay, yeah. Um. So, to Trey's question, do I believe that had my father still been alive, um, we would have a different relationship? I'm going to tell you this right now. There is only one instance in which my father and I's relationship would have changed. Now, as I grew older, we might have been able to make it better. But by the time my father passed, that damage had already been done. Um, And there's only one instance that would have changed my viewpoint of him as a man. And once again, to not expound too much because um, these are people that I still um, deal with on a um, regular enough basis. But the courtship and the um, engagement between my wife and I is a time in my life where it is one of the few times in my life where I look back and go, it happened that way because I didn't have it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I, I, the, and y'all know me well enough. I've been this way since it's, it's impossible to bully me. Yeah. Um. You're, you're, you're not going to be able to get that not off. True. It's impossible to bully me because I walk away before that happens. And it's just like pe- people try to take liberties, and I'm just like, okay, that's cool. Like, perfectly fine. But you stay over there. I'll, I'll stay over here. Um. And if if what I want or what I need from the situation happens, um, then it happens. Um. When in the case of my courtship and my engagement, um. I was, a, they attempted, and, and meaning uh, my wife's family, it was attempted to bully. And the results of that came through a, a very, very public um, spurning in a relationship that we're still mending to this day. And what also came from that is the fact that I've been in that relationship purely off my wife. It's not something I crave. It's not something I need. Um, and it's something to where, like, I watch Jay... Um, I watch other people who have really good relationships with their in-laws. I'm like, huh, that'd be cool. We're cordial, and I think that's enough for me because of that year-and-a-half, two-year period leading up to my wedding. Now, (laughs) that situation by itself would have been enough to turn the tide for my father, and I don't know well enough of anything to know how he would have handled what was very obviously... Can I I interject? um, and let you know how exactly it would have to bully down? a younger man. Please, please. I, I mean, well, you, you, you but, could. Uh, we could, we could all conjecture. I know. Scene, I like you said. I mean, that's have, pretty much we have all about it is. A five and a half year, six year gap. I've seen him deal with people in that manner. You would have never known that he stepped to dude. You would have never known because he would have did it on such the sneak. He would have did it in such the Batman, whether he agreed with it or not, whether he agreed, whether you were getting married too young, 
whether, you know, he wanted it to happen or not, the last thing he was going to let somebody do was mess with his children, whether it was on some subliminal, whether it was on some subliminal or not. He would have handled that in silence. He would have never knew that he handled it. And it would have been done because he's done it for me. And I found out years later that he took care of stuff from other people. And I was just like, oh, crap, that adds up. So, so Jay, like, like you mentioned, you, you, you two had very, very different, a very, very different relationship. Um, and it's, I don't think that you have a mm-hmm. misconstrued view of who he was, um, because that's who he was to you. But as we've had mm-hmm. this discussion, and, and I've had, I've had to have this discussion with multiple people. Because my father um, was, a, was a very, and to uh-huh. this day still is a very well-loved and respected and adored man. Um, when he died, um, they filled up two kingdom halls in, in Bridgeport along with an entire kingdom hall in the Bronx that was tied uh-huh. into it. There was standing room, it was almost standing room only in both kingdom uh-huh. halls in Bridgeport. Um, he was a lot of things to a lot of people. In which I, I and why I have never spoken or said anything ill in towards the relationship that he I can had. get that, but at the same time, that's yep. not who he was to me. That that's just based on the relationship that he and I had. Um, you mentioned being a mile and a half away. Mm-hmm. I didn't speak to or see him between the grade six and eight. Imagine the thought of your father being ten blocks away. Your friends see him regularly because they're in they're in similar circles, um, in places of worship, mm-hmm. and, and when they go, they see him by a, two times a week, sometimes three times a week. You have not seen or talked to this man in two and a half years. Now, as an adult, I look back on this and I go, "Huh, mm-hmm. that's probably a large part of." I, I I never considered myself to have abandonment issues, but as I think about this, I'm just like. A lot of my friends I grew up with say, yeah, my, my, uh, one of my best friends, and my pops is in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. I didn't connect with him until I was 25. I want nothing to do with him because he wasn't anything. And, and even to this day, he's not my, when I look at him in his current life, it's not even like he left to be what I think a man is, is, regardless of his relationship with me. He's just like a regular person and not what I identify as a man. A lot of our friends, well, my father was in jail from years X mm-hmm. to Y, and that kind of built our relationship to where it is now. I don't really know him. I don't really trust him X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I faced a completely different side of trauma where it's just like, no, I knew exactly where he was. He knew exactly where I was. And, and as an adult, and I speak to this from a, a completely sidestep kind of parallel where I look at KJ, I look at Jayla, Dom, all my nieces and nephews, Booby and Monica, I'm just like the thought of me not being involved in their lives as their mm-hmm. uncle drives me insane. I need to know something. I, I check on, I need to know what's going on with something. So the thought of me having a child now, 10 blocks away from me and not having them all, like, now frequently in my life is insane to me. Now flip it. So, which is I'm why sorry, I say we, you could very well be right. You could very well be right. Hold on. No problem. You could very well be right. And which the case where he would step into the role that he vacated through my adolescence 
in a time where I needed him the most. It's it's my responsibility to believe that, especially as, as a man of God, that that's what he would do in this situation. But I don't know. And what I can tell you is, if and because these mm-hmm. are literally conversations that we had, I was supposed to move in with him mm-hmm. seven, eight months before he died, and they told me no. Like he and his wife told me no. So it, it's there's a whole bunch of different aspects as to why I've come to revere a man who who was very large in my life for the first nine, mm-hmm. and I can separate the man he was for the later nine of my life, and and I don't hold that against him. Like I said, he was hurting. Even talking to a lot of the people who grew up around, there was, there was a lot of crazy stuff happening around his adolescence. Mm-hmm. You look at our grandfather, our uncles, and their lack of ability to demonstrate love. And it makes perfect sense that when True. things don't go exactly the way they're supposed to, that sometimes things get lost in translation. I'm a result of that, but I don't hold that against them because the same way True. that my trauma has built me into the head and man that I am currently, it built him to the head man that he and, was. So it, I, I, I don't doubt that he. It's very possible that he could. And have I'll just piggyback off, but that's real the quick. only you know, thing that possibly would have turned any type of tie between me and him. It was because you were different. First of all, the trauma that you know our father dealt with was him losing his structure of what love was. He lost his father and he lost his sister. I mean, his mother and his sister, the two biggest sources of love in his life. Again, like you said, he didn't have anyone else around him outside of the homies. And, you know, the homies, as we all know, is a completely different source of love than your mother and then, you know, your big sister. And so losing those sources of love changed who he was. And he couldn't come to grips with those two losses in such short times of each other. Also, you chill out. You, you were completely different than me. <laughs> I was easy. And not saying that I was easy in the sense of, you know, you know, it was, it was I was just a, a, a better, a better, like, easygoing kid. I was that kid who, who wanted to be out. I was the kid that wanted to, you know, wanted to play sports. I was him. And so it's easy to deal with somebody who is like yourself. That's what always, you know, when, you know, when having a child myself, I always had to have the thought of what if my child isn't like me? What if my child is like my wife? How am I going to adjust to that? Because my wife loves to read. I hate reading. I hate it. I am. But I have to sit there and go, my my daughter really enjoys reading. So let me sit down and read a book with her. That's going to take effort on my part. My father realized early that Corey was not like him. Although me and Corey was a lot alike, I put my thoughts and sides to the side, just like he did. Corey would sit there and tell my father, you're wrong. <laughs> and my father did not know how to compute <laughs> compute that. And I will tell you I, <laughs> I mean and so the last time when I am telling wrong, you I fell asleep. When I <laughs> when I am telling you 
<laughs> that and this is because and Not I don't know I mean we'll we'll break this this is this is world world breaking here on Mike's podcast but he had a conversation with me before he passed I spoke to him three days before he passed and every conversation wound up about you and not me and I was happy to have those conversations because my father did not know how to and it's 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 sad but my father didn't know how to connect with my brother but my father was always ready to jump and ready to sit there and go it's it's on and in his marriage yeah he can only do but so much because first comes his wife unfortunately uh not unfortunately but you know in no situ- you know it, it's the way that it's supposed to be yeah. But when I am telling you, no, that's the way it's supposed to be. Every conversation, what's your brother up to? Mm-hmm. How's he doing? Is he all right? What does he need? And it's just like, I, I can honestly say, there was a ninety-nine percent chance that in that situation he would have jumped because that would have been his opportunity to sit there and 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 say to you, "I got you." I finally am able to do something to where I am able to outside of just providing, you know, providing monetarily, this is something that I can do. And that's protect my children. He was amazing at that. He was amazing at making sure that we was all right. And so I can say that for just about GD Shore, that that would have been his golden opportunity to been like, hey, whether we will agree with this or not, you ain't doing this. You ain't talking about, you know, this. You ain't mentioning this. You're not bringing up, you know, my ex in this type of way. You're not bringing up me in this type of way. And that's that flattened period. I understand that, you know, it's all speculation because, again, we're not there and it didn't happen. But if I mean I'm not a betting man, but if I'm a betting man, I'm putting every I'm all in. I'm all in on black. So from the outside looking in, it appears like and this is just, you know, like I said, my own outside view looking in. Um uh Jay it 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 seems like you know, based on the personal relationship you have personally had with your dad, um, there's there's room in your life now where you feel like you know what, me and my father could definitely have one of those relationships where even though you might have let me down this oh, way. Oh heck yeah, I want to. I want to be that I guy. I know for a fact. Like, without all the emotional drama and the emotional baggage, and, I want and, to be and, him because he right. was and, an amazing person. Amazing dude. Right. Right. I get that. I get that 100%. And, you know, for you, that's why you're able to, to, to think about him as somebody who, Correct. regardless of whatever happened in life he could still be a part of yours and at the same time I can understand from Corey's view where you know based on the personal letdowns 
that he experienced. Of course, he can't take that away from me. I never take that away. He can't see it. And it's right. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, for, for, for both of you, it just seems like, you know, you guys experienced your mm-hmm. father, you know, the same man in two different ways. And, you know, that's, that's taking sure. nothing away from who he was factually. Because both of you saw him factually. Both of you saw him for who he was. But because of your own correct, the facts of who he was is viewed differently. And, you know, either way, both of y'all are good. Like I said, both of y'all doing big things in life. So, obviously, we see that, you know, while things didn't go the way you wanted them to, and things you probably would want things to be different than how they are now. Things are the way they are, and you both are managing to get through. But, you know, one day, you know, everything going well, y'all see him again. That could be the perfect opportunity, especially for Corey, to hit him with another, you were wrong. And I guarantee I'm going to be out in the cold. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. I want no parts. Uh, no, I don't want no parts uh, of that. That will not be. Trust me, when I see my father, facts. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> and when I see my father, that will not be on my mind. But that, what I'm what I'm learning from it True. is like take advantage of what little time we have because you don't even know. Take advantage mm-hmm. of it. Learn from it, and it's gonna grow you into the person that you're gonna be for the rest of your life. And like you, like you said, I I've known Corey and Jay for majority of my life, mm-hmm. Maj- a vast majority of my life. But me and Corey were legit in classes together since we were like nine years old. So, and this is stuff that I didn't even know mm-hmm. that much about Corey. And mind you, our friendships lasted seventeen years, just about. And now, looking back, I could see mm-hmm. why Corey was the way he was, and now how he is the person that he is. You know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I also see why we used to sneak out and get readers at the end of <laughs> class every freaking day Big for a week game. and a half. Big fact. Because Wait, he wanted to practice stealing with Jay, so why not steal with Mike? Allegedly, makes sense. Allegedly. <laughs> Um, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a big part. I'm a man of God. I think we all, we all are, but we all fall short of perfection. How does that do? That gonna make me go out here and actually attempt to be nice to Tom. <laughs> yeah, all right. you're pretty nice. That's what I'm saying. I like, bro. We, your dad we are, cool, we are bro. not gonna get into me tonight. <laughs> that, that's that's not that's not Pause. the. Yeah, heavy pause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we, we that's a we'll have another pause. Day. We have and one more episode. Well, of this is us. So we, the day's who knows? Are it might be the a Tom episode. The day. <laughs> <laughs> who? 
Huh? Who knows? We'll see. Oh my no. God! I hate as, him. As long as there's no, you know, I don't know who I hate more, because it just points out everything that's wrong with me. Then I'm Shut perfectly out. good. Shut out, Toby. I hate. Kate. I hate. Kate. I hate. Kate. I hate you for not liking Toby. Hi, Keith. I don't like Toby but no, either. But, all right. So I don't know how much time. I, I only my wife. My wife. I just um, love my wife because she's been hearing me scream about this in the room next to me. All right. Well, um, but all in all, before quickly, quickly, you know my issue with Kate. My issue with Kate is my issue with all of these women, except for my wife, out here, is that. When a man oh, yeah, they can't take it. his true thoughts, whether they're ugly or they not, can't take a man's she gets truth. mad. Man's truth instantaneously is, is not for everybody. against him. Instantaneously. It's too painful. And, and, and that's what Rory was saying on, on the Joe Budden podcast, where he was just like, like, everybody's dad, who grew up in the 70s and the 80s, went to work, they stopped at a bar, drank themselves half the death. Like Bill Burr. Didn't say you a want word. a cookie? And then they yeah, died. I want a cookie, but I don't want all the crazy stuff that they had cookie. in their mind, because men think some crazy <laughs> stuff. And <laughs> Exactly. <Yeah. laughs> we, we, we keep so much bottled in, and then, like, the, it's so funny, because, like, my wife is always just like, no, you. Like, That's we had a wild. Like a week or two ago, That's where I'm wild. just like, you don't the way deserve that you my raw that thoughts. Is wild. And the that statement angered her. <laughs> you, please, <laughs> but the way Corey, the how, way how I could listen, you listen, listen, how could you pull that off? Listen. I need to know <laughs> the fact that he said, "Yo, Corey." I yeah, but the fact that you said, "My raw yo, Corey." When you finish, I got something in line with that. Like organic. Y'all gonna let me? Organic. The only thing you should be getting raw is honey. But they be crazy, <laughs> <in> honey. <laughs> yes, bro. Like that's. You know, it... <laughs> and not Jessica. Never mind. But so I, I said that, and and she was just like, "What do you mean? Like I, I can handle it?" I was like, "No, I have no doubt that you could handle the crazy things that I say." You don't deserve to. You don't need to. Like I think, like I love you so much, stuff. I want to okay. put a pillow okay. over your face all the time. But it I love you. I still love to you. filter my thoughts <laughs> before. Exactly, and that comes. That, you comes. don't. De- you don't deserve the pillow over Yo. your face. Yo, and it, it's just like it, it is. You don't deserve that. I was like, you don't. Sometimes I think crazy things. Yo, Corey. You definitely don't deserve the pillow over your face, but you don't deserve to think you deserve a pillow over your face. Just let me get past these 10 seconds and filter the nasty thought I had and then put it into something that's productive. Yo, Corey, you 100% right. And it's funny because I seen this joint a few months ago. Um, If I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to fact check myself later, it was a conversation between James Baldwin and Nikki Giovanni. But they were talking, and you know, she was talking about how when her when a man comes home, he has to lie to his wife the same way he has to lie to the people at work, because you know you you go out to work every day, and you know this was an older 
this was an older time, so she basically was like, you know, as a black man, you go to these jobs, you smile in front of these white men's faces, you take whatever punishment that they're giving you on the job site, and you sit there and you smile through it all because you don't want to lose your job. But then you go home yep. and you take out all your... Oh, that was the bag back then. That was the bag back and in the now, 70s. You Unload just everything on the family. In your job. Big facts. So you know, right? So so now it's like you basically have to you have to continue. It's like for a man, there's really no place where you can let out the raw emotion unless you're just talking to another guy outside the house, which is why. Every man goes to two places. You go to the bar or you go to the barbershop. And you or it can be nonverbal and you can take it to the there. football field and, and let it off on a crack block. You don't say it at all. Why do you think our group chat is so good for everybody? Because we oh, like yeah. it's, it's, it's necessary. necessary. We let everything so out. It's so necessary. Out. And I mean, I, I want to end it with message? this. I got added the family group chat yesterday. And my gosh, I'm never going to reply to this group chat in my life. <laughs> it's not messy. No grandma. Not, it's not messy. It broke the two laws of my group <laughs> chat. What do you, what's law number one, Jay? No ex-girlfriends in the group chat. My grandmother's in the group chat. And what's oh, yeah? And what's rule well, I mean, two? that's really that's one A. <laughs> that's one. No, rule number and two is it's green bubble. bubble. It's green bubble. Oh, yeah. like, uh, oh, you worship yeah, you worship. <laughs> that's one A. That's like yeah. Man, I wish my grandma could be in the group. Actually, nah. I was like, nah. I, I was about to be. I was about to be wild depressed. Nah, my grandma. Now that I think, grandma about it, love texting. I would not want her in a group chat. I'll call grandma. I'll call you. My grandma. It's not even my grandma. It's not even my grandma, though. Corey, you could put it's my, my grandma in my, my grandmother loved texting, but she was really bad at it. Like, I'm telling you, our conversations <laughs> never lasted. Like, I would get, like, dot, 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 you, dot, dot, today, dot, busy. And I'm like, hey, grandma. Nah, like, grandma texted me perfect. Yo, grandma Corey, perfect you texted me perfectly fine when she found out that I had the tattoo. It was no she dot, dot, dots. I don't like that. <laughs> I got the... I got the, you know what's funny? I got the, you know what's funny text. <laughs> There's no dot, dot, dots. It's like, you know what's funny? <laughs> oh, he man. got a paragraph. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. No, nah, yeah. I know who it was. I wasn't the person. I know who it was. I didn't snitch. I'm, a, I'm not sure if I ever told you this, but we're, I'm the person. Yeah, but I... I'm the person in my family who nobody tells anything because I'm crazy. And my grandmother was the person in our family who everybody told everything. So right around the point in time where all that was happening, she stopped hearing from my mother. She stopped hearing from all my aunts. Everybody went silent because of what was going on and nobody wanted to tell her anything. I'm at work one day and my grandmother called me. She was like, what's up with your brother? <laughs> and I'm like, huh? And she's just like, something's going on with Jonathan. I was just like, why do you say that? And she was just like, because nobody. That's what everybody did, AKA you dropped it. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, well, you should call you your grandma. <laughs> That's like when the girlfriend called you at 3 a.m. 
Is Corey with you? Hey, bro, what am I supposed He's to do? No, bro. <laughs> you don't know. Don't call. Don't call. <laughs> You should, but but here's the thing. Mike just left. Mike Mike called me at three o'clock in the morning. That's crazy. Mike just left. Let me see if I can. You should. No, no, I'm not. Let me see if I can go outside. It's like yo, I gotta Ah. set it up for you. I gotta set it up for you Ah. the way that you need. Yo, he just turned up. Music is loud, loud. Yo, y'all gotta stop. Y'all you gotta, gotta let out. Saying, you gotta yell out one. one you, your mind. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> I can't never. I can't. Ne- <laughs> he probably I'm obeyed. Never gonna get a girl because of this you, you know he. You know he has saved Robert. You know. He probably wanna do not disturb. Um, he'll get with you. <laughs> she faith. Yeah, you know, good old Mike. Yo, Mike, if you at Bible study, he just left Bible study anyway. So, you know, he probably got a lot to think about. That is my bag, though. That is my bag. It's like, yo, I just leave in the study. 